The fate of the universe is at stake. So this is it. Heroes together. We can stop him. Legendas. We don't want to fight, but we will. Avengers. Who are you? We're the Avengers, man. Earth's mightiest heroes. Never heard of them. El 27 de abril. Juntos. Al fin. Cool? So cool. Hey everyone, this is Rico, and I feel like it was really loud there at the beginning. <laughs> this is Trex and Sci-Fi, uh, the weekly dose of geeky goodness, and, and all is right with the world, I hope, for for you and for me and for everyone. Uh, this going to be, this going to be, ah, the, the roughest part about podcasting, even after a dozen or more years, is the first minute or two. Uh, today is April 22nd. 2018. It is podcast 679. Believe it or not, we're going to cover an original series Star Trek episode this week called The Conscience of the King. I don't think I've ever covered it. Uh, There are still a few handful of few uh, original series Trek episodes that I've not covered. So let's get back to doing that. Uh, I try to spread those in, sprinkle those in when I can. But I think I'm going to play the episode for you. Uh, It's a little quicker and easier for me, and it's been a while since I've seen this. So I'm going to play that and comment along and talk a little bit about a few other things on the show, including the new Netflix series Lost in Space, which I've seen a total of three episodes now. And uh, anyway, we'll talk about that and other things uh, going on in the world of geekdom. And of course, Avengers Infinity War starting or coming out in theaters later this week here on Trexan Sci-Fi. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the men in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futus of Borg. Resistance is futile. Yes, a Jedi's strength flows from the Force, but beware of the dark side. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's, it's a gold ticket. You outlawed. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is uh, Reach Cult, and you're listening to Trex and Sci-Fi. Again, welcome, welcome everyone, welcome one and all to another episode of Trex and Sci-Fi. This is Rico. Hey, hope everybody's doing well. I'm good. Uh, it was a long work week. I was out of town for a couple of days, just a drive type trip, which I don't do that a lot. Uh, it comes up every now and then. Had to go down to Ohio. That's exciting, you know. <laughs> I live in Michigan, a couple hours away, three hours about. Just spent one night out of town, and, and then, uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's kind of nice. I, I I do I do enjoy driving on the road. It kind of gives you a chance to sort of 
clear your mind, think a little bit. Uh, it, uh, it's kind of pleasant, although I don't, you know, once I hit about, I used to live, work in Chicago in there uh, way back when, um, around 2010 or so, eight years or so for about a year. And I was, for those who listened to the show a long time, I was doing that drive from Chicago to Michigan a lot. Uh, that's about the limit for me. You know, you get about six hours of driving, it starts to get a little bit tiring and, uh, two, three, even four isn't too bad, but, um, so, uh, the, the good news today in Michigan here is apparently it's, it's about 10 in the morning on a Sunday morning and it's 55 degrees out, which is frankly a miracle. It's probably warmer right now at 10 o'clock in the morning than it's been in months here. Uh, we've, we've barely been into the, you know, we've been basically 30 degrees forever uh, or, or less, uh, had a terrible, uh, was it just last weekend? Uh, yeah, I guess it was last weekend. Had a really bad, bad mix of like ice and, and rain, uh, which, which really messed things up. A lot of people got lost power. Part of our neighborhood lost power and, and, and a few others. And it was a real big mess. When you get freezing rain, uh, it really, really is a big problem. But, you know, you can get a couple of feet of snow and we can deal with that. But frozen frozen water ice is, is really bad um so uh and when you get that temperature just right around the freezing point it can be really really dangerous so um but uh it's over it's it's getting better out i think <laughs> i'm not going to talk too long this morning before we get into the trek episode because original series episodes are a little longer they're like 50 50 minutes 51 52 minutes long Unlike the about 42 minutes, you know, it's a good 10 minutes more, uh, uh, give or take, 9, 8, 9, 10 minutes more than like a TNG Deep Space Nine Voyager episode is. Uh, each series, I think the episode's got a little shorter and a little shorter, but original series are a little longer. So I won't talk too long. I want to talk about a couple things. I'm, I'm super excited, of course, to see Avengers, Marvel's Avengers, Infinity War. This, uh, I'm actually going twice next weekend well kind of next weekend i'm going thursday night the there's a big fan event thing that i wanted to go to going thursday night uh, i i'm very anxious of course to see this and i also i'm terribly i'm concerned about like if i don't see it right when it comes out that i'll get spoiled somehow with ha what happens in this movie now for those that don't know um th they're doing another movie there's another avengers movie coming out uh, in about a year next spring summer so expect uh, a little warning here. I don't, this isn't any kind of a spoiler, but this movie is not going to wrap up what you're seeing in the trailers. There's another part to this. So we're going to be kind of, I feel like we're going to be kind of left like Empire Strikes Back hanging a bit uh, at the end of this movie. Even though it's a pretty long movie, I, I, I'm not sure how they're going to break it, break it uh, but it, this is not a complete movie. So, uh, and that's not really been talked about a lot, I, I, I don't feel, uh, and I, I don't have a problem with it, of course. I, I'm fine with, with series of movies and sequels and, you know, stuff like that if it's done well, of course. And Marvel has certainly got a great track record. So, uh, but you might want to keep that in mind. Be prepared to walk out of the movie and go, oh, wow, okay, it's not looking good for the Avengers or something like that or whatever. Um the uh, so I'm really excited. We're going. I'm going Sunday. Uh, sorry, going Thursday and Sunday. Sunday uh, with a group of uh, the family. 
Uh, and uh, that will be most of the people's first time, except for myself, who can't wait and has to see it Thursday. <laughs> Plus the fan event, you get this cool little Avengers collectible coin thingy. Uh, hey, you're going to spend 20 bucks to go see a movie. That's what you get. The um, other really, uh, a couple other little things I wanted to talk about, Lost in Space, Netflix. It's been talked a lot about on uh, social media, Facebook, I've seen it. It only came out a little more than a week ago. A lot of people have already burned through and, and, and uh, binged out and watched the whole series. I, of course, don't do that. Uh, there's just no time for me to sit down and watch. I don't know how many episodes it is, maybe 10? Uh, whatever number of it is, I, I even on a, over a weekend, even if I watched like three or four a day, I just don't don't have time. Plus, I watch a lot of, as you guys all know, I watch a lot of regular series television, uh, which is hard to keep up with, uh, honestly, these days. I'm about to drop maybe Krypton. I know, I know, it's Superman and it's Krypton and all that, but the show is just not really... <sighs> I talked to Chris a lot about this, you know, you know, show to get to get put on my list of shows for the week. You got to be bringing something kind of to the table new and and really get me pulled in. That that show just is not doing it for me. I might just let it build up on my TiVo and watch it over the summer. But um, but the other show that I really want to talk. Well, I, I spun off a little. I started I said Lost in Space. Uh, the um, now I, I have to admit when I watched the first episode, I was kind of like, meh. You know, it wasn't, here, here's a classic thing to say, it wasn't my Lost in Space. It, there were some things in it that were interesting and all that, but I just finished, I watched episode three last night, and, uh, you know, I'm really hooked now, frankly. I like it a lot. Uh, there's enough Lost in Space elements in there. It looks good. The actors are good. Uh, there, there's a little, little family drama that I could do without a little, but I guess that's the modern way of doing doing things. Uh, you know, not everybody can get along. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, it, it is it is a lot of fun. And, and the the nice thing about this show, the cool thing about it is, it's a show that you could watch. It, probably kids these days, you know, I would say you know nine ten year olds and up could probably be be fine with it. At least so far that I've seen. I mean, there's a few things that happen. It depends, of course. I always tell parents that, you know, I'm a parent, you know, check shows out before you watch it or before you let your kids watch it, no matter what. Uh, I, I mean, that's the only way to really make a decision because no one can decide for you what you feel is appropriate for your for your children. But uh, th- this is can, compared to a lot of other Netflix shows and other series and things on. Th- so far, I see this is a kind of an adventure show with a family and out on an alien world and all that, so the, a lot, a lot for um, kids to enjoy, and just like they enjoyed, like I enjoyed the original Lost in Space, and original Star Trek and all that. What are we? Almost ten minutes in. Okay, so um, yeah, I'm really liking it. Uh, I heard that a lot of good things from a lot of people that I, I I trust their opinions, and they all kind of were saying it took a while to kind of get in the groove, but yeah, it's it's pretty cool, and I'm really happy that it seems to be. Um, well liked by by folks being watched so i'm guessing that will mean netflix will do another series i think it cost i read a, somewhere about 90 million uh for um for this season and and of course they have to build a lot of things the first time hopefully if they do another season maybe that won't be um quite as expensive I'll, although i really have no idea what a frankly what a netflix series costs uh, I, I mean these days it's so hard to judge you know what series cost what movies cost I mean, what was the talk about? What, what wasn't Discovery costing like 
10 million an episode or maybe it wasn't quite that much um and i think uh what does game of thrones cost something like that per episode so anyway uh yeah i'm liking it uh, game of thrones we're not going to see till 2019 which is absurd <laughs> i just don't get it uh two years between seasons that's a lot that's a lot um uh, so uh so yeah i'm watching Legion, the CW shows, Legion came back, craziest, weirdest show on television, maybe even a little weirder than Mr. Robot, but uh, it's cool. I I don't know what's going on most of the time, but I do enjoy the style and and everything. Uh, It's about, um, of course, uh, mutants, and Charles Xavier's son, David, uh, is the main uh, character, Legion, although it's very, very um, removed from the X-Men. I mean, they never really talk about... um, Charles or the X-Men or anything in this show. So uh, unlike, um, you know, some other things that they've done on television. So what else? Uh, I think that pretty much covers really, really the highlights that I wanted to talk about this week. I, uh, I'm getting, uh, I've got everything in place uh, for those. If I haven't, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I'm going to San Diego Comic-Con this, this July. Yeah. For the first time ever, Rico's going to the Mega Palooza Big Monster Con in San Diego uh, in July. I, I've always wanted to go. I've always said, oh, I'll go next year or I'll go sometime. I took a shot months ago and put in a um, press application to get a press pass. Because I know for two, two reasons. One, of course, getting a press pass does save you some cost. Uh, you don't have to pay for the tickets, which wasn't, you know, I mean, I could have done that, but... The, the bigger thing is the, the thing about San Diego Comic-Con that I've always been frustrated by is it's hard to get tickets. You got to be sitting at your computer at a certain day and time. And I, I know it's doable, uh, but I just have I've always kind of balked at that a little bit. And, and, and it's been kind of an, an annoyance for me. So I say, hey, I'll just do fill out this little form, you know, one night or whatever I did months ago. And I threw it in and I I really didn't think much of it. I mean, I've actually been on uh, much smaller cons. I've been denied press passes. I most of the time I can get them uh, if I apply uh, when they when you know far in advance. You got to apply in in advance. You can't wait till like you know a week before the convention or even a month before. And San Diego Comic Con, I think it was it was last fall. It was like October, I think. But a few months went by. I didn't think too much of it, and all of a sudden I got an email and said, "Hey, you've been you're getting a press pass." So. I got a press pass, and I said, whoa, I guess I'm going. Uh, so I, I got myself a hotel room. I got myself a plane ticket, which is pretty much the only other things you really have to have. And uh, I'll be out there. I'll be out there from uh, the Wednesday. Press and others, uh, there's a preview night on Wednesday night. I thought that would be fun. I mean, if I'm going to go out there, I'm going to go out there and do it do it right. I'm not going to come in for a day or two. So I'm going out on Wednesday, I think it's July 18th, and I'm going to be there on the the special preview night, Wednesday night, and Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and then I fly back on Sunday. Even though the con is still going, I figured by then I'd had probably have had enough. Plus, it 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 makes it easier for work. That means I don't need to take another day off on Monday. Although I'll probably be exhausted and feel like it. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing Kenny. Uh, hopefully, we can hang out quite a bit. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, uh, haven't really decided how much I'm going to take costumes and do dress up. It's when I don't go with the group, like down in Texas, it's, it always is a little less, um, there's a little bit of a less in, in a reason to do it kind of like, 
last year when I went to um, Star Wars Celebration and, and met up with uh, Jeff and Chris and Joe, it, I didn't feel like dressing up. You know, I didn't want to be like, you know, there's three other guys around or whatever, me and my uh, Jedi outfit or whatever. It just it just seems weird there. But w- I know Kenny dresses up, so I have a few ideas. I mean, obviously, I have costumes I can bring and wear, but I have one new one that I've been playing around with or wanting to do for a while. So, um, yeah, I'm going to try to do a little bit of a mix. I mean, I'm going to be at the con probably, I guess, three regular days, not counting preview night, which I wouldn't dress up on. So I'm thinking maybe two of the days I'll dress up maybe in a, in some kind of costume and, and, and one day just go, you know, regular or whatever. Maybe Thursday, the first day, um, do do no costume and then Friday, Saturday costume, something like that. I don't know. Kind of going, you know, off the top of my head right now. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. And if you're a listener of the podcast, you know, Hey, uh, shoot me an email, treksf at gmail.com, and let me know if you're going to be out there and we can meet up somewhere. Uh, I'd really love that. Uh, I know that uh, it's, it's a place a lot of fans and geeks go to, so maybe there's a chance to meet some of you guys if I've never had a chance to connect up with you out there in you know the real world, right? And uh, I, did I talk about Ready Player One ever on the podcast? I feel like I did. It's a great movie. Go see it. That's about all I'll say. I didn't see Rampage yet. Uh, with Dwayne Johnson. It's kind of in that category of, eh, I'd like to see it. I've heard it's kind of fun, but I I just haven't had a chance. So uh, probably going to miss that one in the theaters. All right. We're 16 minutes or so in. I'm going to start the episode. This is from season season one, right? I think (laughs) that's terrible Uh, of the original series, The Conscience of the King. And uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about it as I play the episode here. So I'm going to queue it up on either Amazon or whatever, uh, probably Netflix maybe. Uh, And uh, off we go with uh, The Conscience of the King. Okay, we open on a scene from a Shakespeare play here. Somebody just uh, getting stabbed in the play. Arcturian Macbeth. Watch him. Watch Macbeth. So Kirk, uh, along with a a friend of his, is watching this play taking place. Uh, Macbeth. Which is what they just said. Duh. (laughs) Is he dead? I love the music in this episode. It's uh, really On great. Great Neptune's ocean, wash this blood clean from my hands. That voice. How is back? Every noise of That man on the stage. I'm certain of it. That's Kodos, the executioner. Pluck out mine eyes! So, Kodos the Executioner, uh, <laughs> the executioner dialed down this here. opening, which we don't know about yet, of course, uh, when you're watching this episode for the first time. So th- this episode's a little unusual. Uh, uh, it's, it's not super action-oriented. 
uh, it's 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 quite a bit different. I have to admit, when I was a little kid watching reruns, I did not really enjoy this episode that much. It was one I would skip, and it's uh, you know for a few reasons, I guess. But anyway, um, I've come to appreciate it more uh, in in recent days. Let me make sure I give you a little detail here. This was uh, episode number 12 of the series, first aired on December 8th, 66, written by Barry Trivers and directed by Gerd Oswald. The Conscience of the King. Captain's log, stardate 2817.6. Starship Enterprise diverted from scheduled course. Purpose? To confirm discovery by Dr. Thomas Slayton of an extraordinary new synthetic food which would totally end the threat of famine on Signia Minor, a nearby Earth colony. And Tommy you to tell me, you've called Layton me three is a uh, old friend of Kirk's. Just use an actor of being Kodos. He is Kodos, I'm sure of it. You said you discovered a new food concentrate. What am I supposed to put in my log? That you lie, that you diverted a starship with false information? You're not only in trouble, you put me in trouble, too. I did it to trap Kodos. Kodos is dead. Is he? Is anyone sure? A body burned beyond recognition? Tom, the authorities closed the book on that case years ago. Then let's reopen it. Jim, 4,000 people were butchered. Martha, will you tell him? I can't tell him anything, Jim. He's been like this since the company of actors arrived. The guy playing Leighton here is William Sargent. His wife, Martha, is Natalie Norwick. Otis is dead. I'm satisfied with that. Well, I'm not. I remember him. That voice. A bloody thing he did. Leighton has this um, covering over about half his face. Jim, Jim, I need your help. There were only eight or nine of us who actually saw Kodos. I was one, you're another. If he's to be exposed... He's dead. Then it'll be a ghost Martha and I receive in our home tonight. I invited the entire company to a cocktail party. I have to be sure. And I have to get back to my ship. And figure out how I'm going to enter all this in my law. So the history of uh, where this happened on Tarsus 4 was they, they had a food uh, problem. Library, well, you're going to hear some of it here. History files. Subject, former Governor Cotus of Tarsus 4, also known as Cotus the Executioner. After that, background on actor Anton Caridian. Working. Kodos, the executioner. Summary. Governor of Tarsus for 20 Earth years ago. Invoked martial law. Slaughtered 50% of population Earth colony that planet. Burned body found when Earth forces arrived. No positive identification. Case closed. Detailed information follows. On star date 2794.7, photos. Information on Anton Caridian. Director and star of Traveling Company of Actors, 
sponsored by Galactic Cultural Exchange Project, touring official installations last nine years, has daughter Lenore, 19 years old, traveling uh, with... Give comparative identification between actor Caridian and Governor Cotus. No identification records available on actor Anton Caridian. Give information on actor Caridian prior to Cotus death. No information available Anton Caridian prior to 20 years ago. Photograph Cotus. Photograph Caridian. So the uh, he's looking at these photographs. Uh, photograph both. They, they look uh, they look like similar guys, you know, a little bit. Not perfect match. Mr. Spock, you know Doctor Layton, don't you? Would you say he's given to fantasy? A good empirical research scientist, steady, reputable, occasionally brilliant, with a very long memory. I have no information on that, Captain. We are ready to leave orbit. We'll delay departure for a time. I'm beaming back down to the planet again. The story behind this is there was this plague uh, that was wiping out the food on the colony, and and this Governor Kodos uh, decided because there Where's wasn't Tom? help he anytime soon, he supposedly. Called. He's on his way back. He he executed half of the population to save the other half. At least that's what he tried to do. I'm actually reading a book right now uh, called Drastic Measures that involves this whole storyline of Tarsus IV, and it's uh, a Star Trek Discovery book because it involves Philippa, Giorgio, and uh, Lorca. I take it you're the welcoming committee. Is that for me? So it's good timing, actually, that I'm covering this. Okay, so Kirk is at the party. Of course, he sees a pretty girl. I saw your performance tonight. Walks over. May I extend my appreciation? It's, it's the daughter my of will be delighted, uh, Mr. Caridian. Mr. Captain James Kirk, Starship Enterprise. We're honored. I had hoped to meet your father here tonight personally. I'm sorry, Captain Kirk. He has a rigid rule about that. He never sees anyone personally, and he never attends parties. An actor turning away his admirers? Very unusual. Caridian is a most unusual man. You saw Macbeth? That was my father. This is uh, Lenore, uh, played by Barbara Anderson, a, a regular actor on a lot of television back so, in the day. Captain of the Enterprise. Interesting. So, Lady Macbeth. Interesting. What's your next move? We play two performances at Benicia. If the Astral Queen can get us there. She's a good ship. Thank you. You were very impressive with Lady Macbeth. Thank you. I always like the way they light the ladies in, in the original series. There's just this glow. I mean, it's just literally very like impressive. she's like glowing. <laughs> I mean, not, you know, it's from lighting, of course, but. Uh, I'd like to see you again. Of course you would. Not necessarily. I think I'd like that. Unfortunately, we must keep a schedule. You don't have a schedule now, do you? You mean leave? But I've only just arrived. So have I. <laughs> and you hate to overstay a welcome. Exactly. Why not? 
I'll make our apologies to our hostess. I'll meet you outside. Oh, Kirk. Yeah. She looks a lot like uh, Yeoman Rand, this uh, this actress here, or this character, I should say, or whatever. Yeoman Rand, I think this is her last just episode. Uh, she just does a walk-off yeah. kind of part. At the party, you were such a brash young man. And now? Now somehow different. Not a ship's captain with all those people to be strong and confident in front of. <sighs> no, you're really very dear, aren't you? So, of course, the key thing here is that um, Kirk and, and Leighton were both on Tarsus IV during this incident that happened with Kodos. So they're out there strolling on a little uh, alien planet, and Kirk then, they were about to kiss with uh, the girl, and he sees a body, and it's Leighton, of course. It's Tom Leighton. He's dead. I don't know. I'll try and find out. I feel like you can hear my squeaky, creaky chair. So with Leighton, who was who was really thinking Caridian is actually Kodos, now found dead, that, that makes things obviously very suspicious. Director Enterprise. Bridge here, Captain. Put me through to Captain John Daly of the Astral Queen on Orbit Station. And... Put it on scramble, will you? Captain Daly's on, sir. John, Jim Kirk. Hi, Jim. Oh, look this guy. I owe you a dozen. Just ask. Don't make your pick up here. You mean strand all those actors? I'll pick them up. And if there's any trouble, it'll be my responsibility. Will do. Anything else? Just keep this between the two of us and accept my thanks. Over and out. Kirk to Enterprise. Bridge here, Captain. Transporter room. Ready to beam up. So Kirk's just sort of had the transport that was supposed to take the uh, actors on their next trip. Uh, you know, he stopped that. So guess what? They're going to have to come aboard the Enterprise. Ready to resume course, Captain. I think we're due for a pickup. What kind? Personnel? Cargo? Captain? A Miss Caridian has been transported aboard ship. She requests permission to see you. Tell her to come up to the bridge. Right. Escort Miss Caridian to the bridge. So what I what I think is weird about that part is is like, do people just be able to get to beam up to a to a military Starfleet vessel just for the heck of it? You How know. Did you know this lady was coming aboard. <laughs> I'm the captain. <laughs> That's a great line. It's like. How'd you know this was going to happen? I'm the captain. Captain Kirk, I didn't think we'd be meeting again so soon. You probably wouldn't believe me if I told you I arranged it. No, but it's a delightful thought. Captain, I'm afraid we need your help. We've been stranded. It seems that our transportation has canceled out on us. Can't you make other arrangements? Oh, yes, but not in time. You see, our schedule is like a chain. One break and it all collapses. Be a shame if that happened. If ever we needed a good Samaritan. 
Well, I appeal to you. The regulations are very clear about taking on passengers. I'll make a bargain with you, Captain. What have you got to trade? Special performance for the crew in exchange for a lift. You make it sound very interesting. The crew has been on patrol for a long time. They could use a break in the monotony. Then you'll do it. You've got me backed into a corner. The men would never forgive me if I deprived them of your performance and your presence. Thank you, Captain. I'm eternally grateful. I'll get the company ready. This means so much to them. Mr. Spark, prepare to leave orbit as soon as the Caridian Company is aboard the ship. There's the scene where uh, Caridian, where she's camp. leaving and Yeoman Rand pass each other. Years off our course. My memory needs refreshing, Mr. Spark. I'll ask you for it. In the meantime, follow my orders. Ouch. So, you know, Leighton's been killed. Kirk's arranged to bring everybody aboard the Enterprise to kind of get to the bottom of what's going on. There are many questions in my mind, too many perhaps, about the actor Caridian and his daughter. For personal reasons, I'm almost afraid to learn the answer. Spot. ETA, the Benicia colony. It arrives star date 2825.3, Captain. Approximately 1500 Benicia time. How could you arrive at a certain time at a planet? Time is 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 different on every place. I guess the maybe the location they're gonna beam down to? Library computer. Data on questions submitted to personnel files. Data being received. Kodos file. Of all survivors, there are nine actual eyewitnesses who can identify Kodos. Stop. Give list. Kirk J, presently Enterprise Captain. Layton T, Molson E, Riley K, Eames D. Stop. Is that Star Service Lieutenant Kevin Riley? Affirmative. Star Riley Service? Kevin, How about Starfleet? That's a little USS unusual. Enterprise Communications Section. Stop. Mr. Spock. Captain. Lieutenant Kevin Riley in communications. I wish to have him transferred down to the engineering decks. He came up from engineering, Captain. Well, I'm sending him back. Any explanation? He's a fine young officer. He's bound to consider this transfer a disciplinary action. I don't wish to discuss it, Mr. Spock. Please follow my orders. Mr. Spock, the man on top walks along his street. The chain of command is often a noose. Spare me your philosophical metaphors, Doctor. Yeah, so he just he basically Captain put Riley in a in a down below in engineering to make it Negative. safer for him. You know, this is the first time in a week that I've had time for a drop of the crew. Would you care for a drink, Mr. Spock? My father's race was spared the dubious benefits of alcohol. Oh. Now I know why they were conquered. What are you so worried about anyway? I find Jim generally knows what he's doing. It was illogical for him to bring those players aboard. Illogical? Did you get a look at that little Juliet? That's a pretty exciting creature. Of course, your personal chemistry would prevent you from seeing that. Did it ever occur to you that he simply might like the girl? It occurred. 
I dismissed it. You would? Did you know that he suddenly transferred Lieutenant Riley to engineering? There are lots of things are going around here that I don't know, Mr. Spock. Now, he's the captain. He can transfer people as he pleases. You can look that up in 100 volumes of space regulation somewhere, all right? All right. Now, come on, have a drink. No, thank you. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> but I will. I like this and scene. please, Mr. Spock, if you won't join me, don't disapprove of me. At least not until you've tried it, huh? <laughs> so Spock obviously knows something's up with the captain. This is the uh, observation deck. That's the flight deck down there with the shuttlecraft. Interesting. So this is one of the only times, the, or the Tell only the time I think in the original series you see this set. Did you order the soft lights especially for the occasion? The observation deck. So he's walking around with uh, Caridian's daughter. Soft lights. Lenore arranged for music, flowers. Basically, trying to both, so I think, interested in her, but also trying to get to the bottom of this. Night and day, as closely as possible. Starlight, star bright. I wish I may. I wish I might. Do you remember that, Captain? It's very old. So, so this is one of the times they also talk about day and night on the ship. They try to simulate it to make people a little bit more, feel a little bit more like on a planet. Under control. Are you like that, Captain? All this power at your command. The decisions that you have to make come from a very human source. Are you, Captain? Human? You can count on it. Tell me about the women in your world, Captain. I'd rather talk about you. You must have wanted to perform since the first time you saw your father act. When was that? In the beginning. Tell me about it. That's not fair. You haven't answered my question about the women. What would you like to know? Has the machine changed them? Made them just people instead of women? Worlds may change, galaxies disintegrate, but a woman always remains a woman. All this and power too. Caesar of the stars, to Cleopatra, to worship him. Now, of course, we do the, uh, you know, Kirk Kiss, patented, like, <laughs> patent pending. Okay, now we're back up with Spock on the bridge. Library computer. This is one of the first times we hear this voice for the computer, too. Dr. Thomas Layton. Anton Caridian. Lieutenant Kevin Riley. And Captain James T. Kirk. Accomplished. Standing by. Correlate. Check their past histories. Report any item, any past episode or experience they all have in common. Affirmative. That's weird, too. I appreciate he just clicks the switch. You may have but now he's going to tell McCoy Spock. about it. Continue, Doctor. According to our library banks, it started on the Earth colony of Tarsus IV when the food supply was attacked by an exotic fungus and largely destroyed. There were over 8,000 colonists and virtually no food. And that was when Governor Kodos seized full power 
and declared emergency martial law. I've heard of it. You may not have heard it all. Kodos began to separate the colonists. Some would live, be rationed whatever food was left. The remainder would be immediately put to death. Apparently, he had his own theories of eugenics. Unfortunately, he wasn't the first. Perhaps not. But he was certainly among the most ruthless to decide arbitrarily who would survive and who would not, using his own personal standards, and then to implement his decision without mercy. Children watching their parents die, whole families destroyed, over 4,000 people. They died quickly, without pain. But they died. Relief arrived, but too late to prevent the executions. And Kodos, there never was a positive identification of his body. But what is Caridian to do with it? His history begins almost to the day where Kodos disappeared. And you think Jump suspects he's Kodos? He'd better. There were nine eyewitnesses who survived the massacre, who had actually seen Kodos with their own eyes. Jim Kirk was one of them. With the exception of Riley and Captain Kirk, every other eyewitness is dead. And my library computer shows that wherever they were, on Earth, on a colony, or aboard ship, the Caridian Company of Players was somewhere near when they died. That's a lot of coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> Now we're down in engineering with Riley, which is awesome. Bruce Hyde. Uh, I'm so happy we got to see more of him. Hey, rec room, somebody. Talk to me. Larry Matson here. Is oh, yeah, what, one of the best parts What's of this up? episode is, is we get a nice Uhura song here. I am down in the engineering room. Now you've been a bad boy. Maybe so. Whatever I've done, they're sure keeping it a secret from me. Hey, is that a horror playing? Now let me talk to her. I think his heart is sore. <laughs> what can I do for you, Riley? A song. Yeah, make it a love song. Just something to reassure me I'm not the only living thing left in the universe, huh? Well, you're not. I'll prove it to you. And she's got uh, Spock's harp, of course. The skies are green and glowing Where my heart is Where my heart is Where the scented luna floor is Eternal 
How'd you like that, Riley? So while uh, she was singing, somebody slipped into engineering and sprayed something into Riley's glass of milk. He's been poisoned, obviously, and uh, that's suspicious, of course. I've got to pull him through. I'm not sure I can. If he dies, the only one who'll be able to identify Kodos is the captain. And he'll be the next target. Captain's log, stardate 2819.1. Ship's officer Riley's condition worsening. Dr. McCoy making lab analysis to determine cause and antidote. Entire crew deeply concerned. As of this date, lab report indicates presence of appreciable amount of tetralubosol, highly volatile lubricant in use aboard ship. Someone tried to poison him. Tetralubosol is a milky substance. Someone could have gotten careless, made a mistake. I don't believe that, neither do you. I want the captain to see that report. When I finished logging it, now. Now, we're going now to see the captain with what you found, Dr. McCoy. Come. Oh, Kirk's actually writing something on a piece of paper in, in the, on his desk in this episode. That's weird, isn't it? My report <laughs> on Lieutenant Riley. Will he make it? He's got a good chance. Can we predict the same for you, Captain? All right, Mr. Spock, let's have it. Lieutenant Riley was a witness. So were you. All right. Someone tried to kill him. Could have been an accident. You should be told the difference between empiricism and stubbornness, Doctor. I checked with the library computer, just as you did. I got the same information. Aren't you getting a little out of line, Mr. Spock? My personal business... It's my personal business when it might interfere with the smooth operation of this ship. You think that happened? It could happen. I don't like anyone meddling in my private affairs, not even my second-in-command. Jim, Spock's simply trying to... I know what he's trying to do, and I don't like it. It's his job. You know it. And you also know that nothing is proven. Even in this corner of the galaxy, Captain, two plus two equals four. Almost certainly an attempt will be made to kill you. Why do you invite death? I'm not. I'm interested in justice. Are you? Are you sure it's not vengeance? No, I'm not sure. I wish I was. I've done things I've never done before. I've placed my command in jeopardy. From here on, I've got to determine whether or not Coridian is Cotus. He is. You sound certain. I wish I could be. Before I accuse a man of that, I've got to be. I saw him once, 20 years ago. Men change. Memory changes. I look at him now, he's an actor. He could have changed his appearance. No. Logic is not enough. I've got to feel my way. Make absolutely sure. What if you decide he is Kodos? What then? Do you play God, carry his head through the corridors in triumph? That won't bring back the dead, Jim. Well, maybe oh. putting him in jail. I mean, he killed 4,000 people. They may rest easier. I think Kirk's being pretty, you know, Logic, civil in this, in Dr. a way, Williams really. Murdered while the Caridian company was on planet Q. 
Now an attempt has been made against Lieutenant Riley while the company is on board the Enterprise. Doc isn't sure that it was a murder attempt. Besides, I have an idea that may prove... Shh. What's that Listen, noise? Do you hear it? That low hum. The phaser. On overload. So they're in Kirk's quarters and they hear the hum of a phaser. This is the cap. I like Kirk, or Spock's going through all of Kirk's drawers and throwing his uniforms all over the place. You get out of here. Can't stay. Go on. Walk off this section. Hurry. I'll find it. Evacuate this section. Seal it off. Clear section C4 and C5. Ah, the maid's going to have to come in this week twice. So he's been searching and searching, and then in the, uh, the little red alert uh, display, he sees the shadow of the phaser inside that cabinet. He can't seem to de- deactivate it, but he goes to the disposal chute. Conveniently located across from his cabin. Or it said something like pressure vent feed or something. I don't know. It was so quick. It's the trash compactor on the Enterprise, right? So now, you know, they've talked a lot about Caridian, Kodos through this episode, but they haven't really shown them a lot except in the opening scene with the play, right? It's uh, an actor named Arnold Moss playing Caridian here. He looks very Shakespearean. He's sitting in his uh, in his cabin and uh, almost in costume, well, I talk, guess. I had hoped you would have respected my privacy, Captain. A moment ago, we narrowly averted an explosion which would have destroyed several decks of the ship. Before that, someone tried to poison one of my crewmen. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sure you are. Are you caught us? I asked you a question. Do you believe that I am? I do. Then I am, Kodos, if it pleases you to believe so. I'm an actor. I play many parts. You're an actor now. What were you 20 years ago? Younger, Captain. Much younger. So was I. But I remember. Let's see if you do. Read this into that communicator on the wall. It will be recorded and compared to a piece of Kodos voice film we have in our files. The test is virtually infallible. It will tell us whether you're Coridian or Kodos the executioner. So that's what Kirk was writing on this little piece of paper. Ready for voice test. Disguising your voice will make no difference. This would have been a speech. The revolution is successful, but survival depends on drastic measures. Your continued existence represents a threat to the well-being of society. Your lives mean slow death to the more valued members of the colony. Therefore, I have no alternative but to sentence you to death. Your execution is so ordered, signed Kodos, governor of Tarsus Four. I remember the words. I wrote them down. You 
set them like you knew them. You hardly glanced at the paper. I learned my parts very quickly. Are you sure? Are you sure you didn't act this role out in front of a captive audience whom you blasted out of existence without mercy? I find your use of the word mercy strangely inappropriate, Captain. Here you stand, the perfect symbol of our technical society. Mechanized, electronicized, and not very human. done away with humanity, the striving of man to achieve greatness through his own resources. Well, oh, you know, too. not really. Striving for greatness continues, but Kodos. Kodos, whoever he was. Or is. Or is. Kodos made a decision of life and death. Some had to die that others might live. You're a man of decision, Captain. You ought to understand that. All I understand is that 4,000 people were needlessly butchered. In order to save 4,000 others. And if the supply ships hadn't come earlier than expected, this Cortis of yours might have gone down in history as a great hero. But he didn't. And history has made its judgment. You're so sure that I'm Cortis. Why not kill me now? Let bloody vengeance take its final course. See what difference it makes to this universe of yours. Those beautiful words, well acted, change nothing. No, I suppose not. They're merely tools, like the ship of yours. There are no previous records to Anton Caridian prior to 20 years ago. Blood thins. Well, that's sort of convenient, isn't it? I mean, it's pretty it's damning evidence, you know, that this guy is Kodos. I do like the fact that Kirk is trying to figure it out, trying to learn. Life, you know, I, I feel like later own. Kirk would have been like, you know, just throw the guy right in jail. Right? I am tired. The past is a blank. Did you get everything you wanted, Captain Kirk? I had gotten everything I wanted. You might not walk out of this room alive. Captain Kirk. You better rest now. So now Lenore pops in. a stain of cruelty on your shining armor, Captain. You could have spared him and me. You talked of using tools. I was a tool, wasn't I? A tool to use against my father. In the beginning, perhaps. But later, I wanted it to be more than that. Later. Everything's always later. Of course. Come on. You were used. Too late. Too late, Captain. Again, they got the nice glowing oh, light on her, on Lenore. Powerful and not human. She's a little... There's no mercy in you. little kind of strange when you think about it through this episode. And, and, and I've shown towards the end of it, if you don't know, you'll, you'll find out she's not exactly all... Got it all going on upstairs, let's call it that. 
harm done. Captain Kirk, who are you to say what harm was done? What do I have to be? You know, like I said near the beginning, uh, this episode is very a lot of talking. sufficiently recovered to be discharged. Not a lot of action, really. Riley's back up on his feet. Contact with passenger who calls himself Caridian, and is suspected of being Kodos, the executioner, and of murdering the lieutenant's family. Riley overhears uh, McCoy making this entry in his log. About uh, Kodos or Caridian being Kodos, Captain's perhaps. And in his case, he killed his family. Strategic areas under double guard. Performance of the Caridian players taking place is scheduled. So now they have this little stage built, and it's kind of kind of cool, actually. present Hamlet, another in a series of living plays presented in space dedicated to the tradition of classic theater. Hamlet is a violent play about violent times. When life was cheap and ambition was God. So now they're looking at the voice prints. I believe we have a match, Captain. But not an exact match, Mr. Spock. We're dealing with a man's life. No machine can make that decision. Long history of medicine. No doctor has ever caught the first few minutes of a play. Riley, don't forget to. Riley? Captain Kirk McCoy here. Yes, sir. Riley's gone. I was recording my log about Caridian and Kodos. If he overheard. This major point, Doctor. Captain, security H deck. The weapons locker has been broken into, one phaser is missing. This is the captain. I'll tell you what, they, these weapons lockers on the Enterprise in this episode, they're, they're pretty easy to break into. First, the phaser on overload in Kirk's quarters. Of course, he could have had one sitting in there somewhere. I guess they could have taken his. And then uh, now, now another locker phaser broken out. So they're in this uh, stage again, doing the theater, doing the play. Uh, there's about... A couple of dozen people there, but they're broadcasting it throughout the rest of the ship. Now Kirk shows up at the uh, back of the stage. I like the fact you get to see sort of behind the scenes, the stage, you know, the, the backs of these wooden, like, sets and stuff like that, and curtains. I am thy father's spirit, doomed for a certain term to walk the night. So now we see Riley. Get back to the sick bay. You murdered my father. My mother. You could be wrong. Don't throw away your life on a mistake. I'm not wrong. But that I am forbid to tell the secrets of my prison house. I know that voice. That face, I know it. I saw it. He murdered them. Thy soul frees thy young blood. List. It's an order. List. Give me the weapon. List. If 
Thou didst ever thy dear so Kirk grabs a phaser from Riley. Riley doesn't really stop him. Go on. Tells Riley, go. I'll take care of it. And uh, it, it's good. It's a good scene there. out of the past, haunting me, torturing me. There was another part I once played. I, long ago, I never told you about it. And now that same curtain rises again. The time has come. No, Father. The time will never come. Tonight. So I'm trying to figure out, performance, you know, how old Lenore come, is. You be gone. What are you saying? There were nine. Now there are only two. And they will be gone as soon as I have... Don't look at me like that. What have you done? What had to be done? They had to be silenced. All of them? All seven? More blood on my hands? No, Father, not anymore. I'm strong, Father. It's nothing. Three minutes. We'll be ready. Don't you see? All the ghosts are dead. I've buried them. There's no more blood on your hands. So Kirk's overhearing this confession. You left me nothing. You were the one thing in my life untouched by what I'd done. But you're safe now, Father. I've saved you. Now, no one can touch you. Not even Captain Keck. See Caesar come. He's awed by your greatness. Your shining brightness. Bright as a blade, before it is stained with blood. Bright as a blade. Come with me, both of you. Of course. After the play. The play is over. It's been over for 20 years. I was a soldier in a cause. There were things to be done, terrible things. Stop it, Father. You have nothing to justify. Murder, flight. Suicide, madness. I never wanted the blood on my hands ever to stain you. I did it for you. I've saved you. By killing seven innocent men. They weren't innocent. They were dangerous. I would have killed a world to save him. Curtain going up. One minute. Play, Captain. He must go on. the great Caridian. God. You cannot deny him his last performance. She grabs a phaser off the guard's belt, which is like, come on, guys. Security is terrible here. <laughs> You'll never get off the ship. It will become a floating tomb, drifting through space. 
the soul of the great Caribbean giving performances to every star he touches. They really do a close-up on her eyes here, showing her craziness. Kirk's trying to approach her. I know how to use this, Captain. No. Caesar, beware the Ides of March. No, child, no! So Kodo slash Caridian jumps in front of the phaser beam uh, as she shoots, try to shoot Kirk. Father. Which is pretty uh, Shakespearean, really. Theatrical. She's trying to save him, but she ultimately kills him and destroys him. What feast is stored in thine eternal cell that thou such a prince as a shot so bloodily had struck? back up in the bridge. Things are back to normal. Medical report. She'll receive the best of care, Jim. She remembers nothing. She even thinks her father's still alive, giving performances before cheering crowds. Say what? Why doesn't she remember anything? You really cared for her, didn't you? Ready to leave Benicio orbit, Captain. Stand by, Mr. Leslie. All channels clear to Uhura? All channels clear, sir. Whenever you're ready, Mr. Leslie. Leaving orbit, sir. You're not going to answer my question, are you? Ahead, warp factor one, Mr. Leslie. That's an answer. Uh, interesting episode, really, and uh, it's, it's so it's so appropriate reading this book right now, Drastic Measures, uh, listening to the audiobook. Anyway, there we go, Conscious of the King, uh, original series episode one I hadn't covered yet, and I'm going to turn it off because it's going to go into... <laughs> Netflix likes to play, play the next episode, right? So... Uh, all right, anyway, Bruce Hyde, Kevin Riley. We had some great guest stars. Barbara Anderson as Lenore, Arnold, Arnold Moss as Caridian, uh, and, and a bunch of others. You know, re- really good stuff. Uh, I uh, I like this. Uh, like I said, I've, I've enjoyed it more over the years. 
And it's especially cool because I'm reading this book, uh, Drastic Measures, which is a little weird, really, because now the the book is sort of uh, a prequel to this because it's set during the crisis on Tarsus Four, So you kind of know what's coming. You know, it's kind of like doing any prequel thing. But um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. And it was fun to cover this episode for all of you. Uh, what else did I want to say about this? I thought I was something else I wanted to say. Darn it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, something about the ending. They, they they slip it. Oh, I know what it was. Yeah, they slip in the the line of the conscience of the king. Um, Ron Moore. Uh, Ron Moore, who everybody knows from Battlestar Galactica, and he worked on TNG, of course. Th- this is listed actually as Ron Moore's. He's very. Uh, he likes um, Shakespearean things a lot, and uh, this is listed and and the some of the the uh, info that I found on this. Ron Moore, this, he says this is his favorite Trek episode, original series Trek episode. So I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. It's definitely not a favorite of mine. Uh, you know, I, I think it stands out as a, a bit of an unusual episode, and especially since it's fairly early in the run of Trek. You know, it's only episode 12 or so of the series, uh, and uh, to do an episode like this I thought was interesting. But, uh, yeah, very good. Uh, definitely a good one to watch if, if you're into reading this um one of these um, Star Trek Discovery books, like I said, called Drastic Measures, that's out now. So I'm going to take a very short break. I'll come back and wrap up the podcast. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela from the Anomaly Podcast. And you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. Okay, folks. Uh, yeah, so uh, this was fun. Classic style ep- uh, episode. It's a classic style episode cl- or classic episode, classic style podcast, Trex and Sci-Fi. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, always, always check out uh, and go over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N uh, dot com forward slash Trex and Sci-Fi, and you can do that there. Uh, you can find videos, past vidcasts and music videos over at Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O dot com forward slash Trekkie. Uh, and uh, I am planning sometime soon to try to start doing some Twitch streaming, whether it's when I'm doing a vidcast or maybe uh, doing some gaming, playing some uh, Star Wars gaming or World of Warcraft or whatever. I don't want to play. I'd like to play a little bit more around with Twitch uh, sometime soon. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, next week, guest cast going to have Mark here, classic, classic movie Mark. He will be here to talk about a movie called a red planet Mars with P- Peter Graves in that up ep- in that, in that movie. I was going to say episode in that movie. And I'm sure everyone next weekend is going to be out seeing Avengers. Uh, that's exciting. I'm really excited. We're getting into summer gonna see that uh we got deadpool in may if you're a fan of that i i like the first one a lot i'm really looking forward to this one this one looks crazy and of course the han solo movie which has been they've been slowly bleeding out kind of like new little trailers with little bits of new stuff in them they haven't shown us too much but uh yeah i'm excited to see that movie i think it's gonna be fun i i think we uh i think it's gonna be fun to see a star wars movie that's maybe a little bit less um intense and end of the world and just a fun you know eat some popcorn eat some candy uh and watch watch a fun star wars movie in the summer Uh, i think uh it's been a long time really you know most of the star wars movies truthfully after probably the first one 
I, I'm getting a first movie vibe off this one. I kind of thought Rogue One was going to be like that, but man, that was not what I got out of that movie at all. Uh, I know a lot of people like it. It wasn't a favorite of mine, but it certainly wasn't a, a happy movie that you want to see or a fun movie over and over again, uh, I don't think. But anyway, uh, I think this is going to be good. So, all right. I guess that covers it. I hope everyone uh, has a great week. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, get the May uh, podcast schedule in line. And uh, once once again, uh, if you're going to be out at San Diego Comic-Con, let me know. I, I'd love to meet you guys. So uh, take care. Bye-bye. This has been a Rick Dosti production. 